You're listening to The Profile. Hello and welcome to The Profile podcast. I'm Andy Peck. For the past 17 years, I've been interviewing leaders in the church and the wider culture. In the coming weeks, you'll be hearing the best of these conversations, plus some brand new ones as well. It was leadership expert John Maxwell who famously said, leadership is influence. Some have massive influence through their role as a leader of a church or business, a charity or a family. Others have influence in their neighbourhood, a network of friends or through leisure interests. It's our prayer that these conversations will help you in whatever spheres you have influence. This show is brought to you by Premier Christianity magazine, the UK's leading Christian magazine. Get full online access and the print magazine every month by becoming a subscriber. See special offers available now at premierchristianity.com. In a day and age when it is believed that most employees will have at least 12 jobs in their working life, my guest today stands out as having been involved in just one company and associated companies throughout his working life. His name is Larry Collette. He joined his company in 1963 and rose to serve as Chief Executive Officer of Cass Information Systems in St. Louis, Missouri. He was given the additional responsibilities of Board Chairman in 1992, eventually retiring in 2008. In addition, Larry has led numerous fundraising efforts for educational and religious institutions. He and his wife, Sherry, are parents of two daughters and a son, and they have three grandchildren. So lovely to welcome you to the Leadership Show, Larry. Thank you. It's good to be here. So um, tell me a little bit about the, the company, Cass Information Systems, and, and indeed why you stayed so long. Well, the company is uh, started as a commercial bank in 1906 uh, in an area of St. Louis that eventually became subject to urban decay and, and uh, what was once a very strong retail presence uh, uh, changed over the years into a, an industrial area. So the bank became, uh, by necessity, uh, business-focused and manufacturing-focused rather than residential. Over the years, uh, that began to change. Uh, I joined the company in 1963. Actually, I joined them earlier. I worked a couple of years when I was in college. I worked part-time, and they were kind enough to hire me uh, in my senior year of college. And we, uh, uh, I started actually my first full-time assignment was, uh, in the mail room, sorting, sorting the mail while the, uh, full-time employee employees were on a vacation. And, and, uh, from there, I, I worked through the bank over the years, uh, the company took on some uh, additional non-traditional banking activities. Uh, one was in the area of transportation, um, and, and then uh, another was in the area of, of payroll. They were designed to serve the industrial clients that had become the mainstay of the bank's uh, business. And, and they, uh, interestingly enough, under the leadership then, they, they began to grow. And, and showed some promise to help the company offset the relatively slower growth one gets uh, in industrial businesses uh, and, uh, and as well as providing additional services. So 
when I came to the organization, those services were relatively new, and and it was primarily a commercial bank uh, uh, in in a relatively rundown area. Um, it I started and was really fortunate to work for uh, a man who was not only my boss for gosh thirty years, but was also a great mentor and a great Christian. And he, he took this relatively raw material and helped, helped me uh, both uh, become uh, certainly much more of a professional, but in addition to that, taught me a lot uh, about, about Christianity, about what it meant to walk with Christ without really being religious. Uh, he, was, uh, he was very uh, deliberate. Uh, and, and did it in, in a very kind way. And when he saw that I, in fact, uh, was a Christian and, and really cared about that, uh, he actually reached out a little more to me. I remember uh, in 1965, uh, I had uh, actually just been with the company part-time uh, 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 for a while and had just, just started full-time. And my wife and I were married. Actually, yesterday our 58th anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. We, uh, we had 13 inches of snow that day. <laughs> and so the turnout was relatively small, <laughs> but he came all the way from the other side of town. He and his wife came to the wedding. Anyway, he showed a great interest in me. And over the years, um, uh, I was able to, uh, uh, to, to work with him for him. I was able to grow in my, uh, in the areas of the bank. But more importantly, I was able to uh, get involved with some of these special services. Uh, in 1975, I just finished some postgraduate work at Rutgers University in New Jersey. I had come back with some great ideas on what to do with the bank uh, because at that time, computer systems were beginning to emerge in a way that they could provide information rather than data. And I had picked up some of that and was ready to really begin to install some of that in our bank. And I came back and, and uh, he said to me, he said, look, we've got some real problems in these services, but we think they have some long-term benefits still. Well, the bottom line is, uh, even though I tried to run them into the ground, the Lord provided us with tremendous growth opportunities. We were able to eventually get uh, information systems rather than data capture facilities installed in these services so that the company became CAS information. Uh, I was, uh, interestingly, the only individual who knew both areas fairly well. And when he retired, uh, the, the board was uh, kind, of, kind enough to honor me as his replacement. And I, uh, from then, uh, moved to uh, uh, chairman of the board uh, until retirement. So, yes, it. Uh, I remember my father uh, worked uh, for the the postal service for forty seven years. Oh wow! And it's a long story uh, and a great one that we don't have time here. But I remember thinking, how in the world uh, does one man work for one company that long? Uh, that just seemed out of character. It just didn't make any sense to me. Uh, I never said anything to him, but 
but then I turn around and work for 53 years for, <laughs> for our company. So. It must be genetic, Larry. It must be genetic. <laughs> Apparently so, yes. Well, wonderful. Thank you for, for sharing that. So, uh, Larry, you, you've you been a Christian most of the time, or indeed maybe all the time, that you were serving. And your faith is clearly not just incidental. It's not something you keep private for a Sunday, but something you bring into your business life. What what would be some of the principles that you have sought to instill in your leadership as, uh, as a Christian as well as a businessman? It's interesting and yet challenging how leaders can integrate their faith into their business activities. And I think there's a few things uh, we need to remember. First of all, we the company is not a church. So, so we can't just run into this as, as some kind of a uh, an, an alternative religious leader and begin preaching. That's not going to work, and that's not what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, but on the other hand, the way one works and how one goes about their duties and the way one runs and structures the company can really be uh, deeply integrated with our faith. And we can really allow the Father, our Heavenly Father, to do wondrous things through our companies. And as I look back, uh, the company really, for uh, whatever reasons, really prospered during uh, the time I was able to, well, even before, but even during the time that I was CEO, and that was about an 18-year run, and then another 10-year uh, run as chairman uh, of the of the board. But um, I look back and realize that the greatest times, or the times we experienced the greatest growth, were the times we experienced our greatest problems. They, they immediately followed times of great difficulty. And I was able to connect those. And then, and then I remember all of those and remember how in, in just about every case, we had our backs against the wall and there was no apparent way out. And we were really on our knees. Uh, and I especially, Father, uh, I don't know how to, what to do to get out of this. Uh, we're really lost. I know this company is yours anyway. So we really need your guidance and direction to help us through this. And so the point was that uh, it's, it's really similar to what James says. Uh, you need to accept and engage times of trouble uh, because they are really, uh, in many ways, they're open gates to great opportunities and uh, tremendous uh, uh uh, different avenues to grow, to produce, to better run your company. But unless you go through those, that's probably not going to happen because you're going to be trusting in yourself, in your own knowledge, or in the, the, uh, the sum total of the knowledge of your businesses or your consultants. And so we uh, uh, learning to engage difficulty and to really uh, jump into it Look for uh, and jump into it optimistically, looking for those areas that this can help you become better. I think it's very similar to our faith walk. Without difficulty, our faith isn't going to grow. And and if we want to grow, we have to accept that difficulty and trust that the Father uh, 
will, uh, through the Holy Spirit, engage us with the strength, the power, and the resources necessary to do so. No, it's lovely to hear you say that, Larry. You're alluding to to James, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many and various kinds. That's you know, and, and that leads to perseverance, et cetera. So terrific. Thank you. Um, and and uh, Larry, do you have a particular daily routines that help you to stay uh, rooted in your faith? Well, um, yes, and, uh, yes and no. Um, I think... Uh, what I I wish I would have known then, what I know now, and on the other hand, the Lord has just reminded me how uh, how much better the company could have done, even though it did well. How much it could have done if I would have uh, stayed in His presence and abided in Him more often. Uh, and and I've learned that as as time has continued, uh, that uh, having Daily time with the Father is important, not time for intellectual knowledge, but time just to be with him, to abide with him, really along the line of John 15, to to let him uh, be my identity, to listen to him, to walk with him, to be obedient, and recognize that there's really not going to be any productive results unless they come from him and through him. And so finding time daily, uh, which can include spending time in his word, uh, certainly being in prayer, but finding that closet that uh, allows us to block out everything else that's going on in the world and just be in his presence uh, and learn what it is to walk with him in the spirit uh, as well as in the word and let him interpret it all for us. Yeah, this is what's going on. Ask him for clarification. Uh, Just not only uh, selfishly, that is not only for what's going on in my life, but what does he have to say that he knows I need to know because he already knows what I need. I have no idea what he wants to tell me. So what's the best use of my time? (laughs) It's listening to him. What did he have to say about either my life or anything else that's going on? So that time is critical. Now, uh, our days get busy. And certainly as a CEO, uh, it's all kinds of activities going on. And unfortunately, my makeup was such that if there weren't any, I would make them. Uh, and so there was always something going on, always work there. But uh, pushing that aside and letting him determine the schedule is also really important. So uh, my most productive times were when I was practicing that uh, with diligence more often. And it's so easy to get out of that. And, and to let the world drag you back down into its activities or to drag yourself down into your own activities. So in terms of your own leadership development, you mentioned you had a mentor. Uh, was the organization the kind of organization that sent people on courses to learn leadership? Or, I mean, how did you learn the ropes and how did you learn to lead others and strategize and all that kind of thing? <laughs> well. Um, he was a good mentor, but we were different. We were different personalities with different gifts. 
And when he passed the baton on to me, I remember talking to the father and saying, Lord, I can't, I can't do what he did. He's, he was, uh, uh, he had tremendous intellect, uh, wonderful uh, personal discipline. Uh, he was just a, a great guy. And even after I succeeded him, we stayed very good friends until he passed away uh, just a few years ago. Uh, we would uh, have lunch several times a year. I'd go meet him uh, where he was. He's just a, we, he became a great friend, but, but his personality was much different than mine. And, and our leadership styles were much different. And I remember telling the Lord, how am I going to do this? I can't replace him. He's, he's so much better. And the Lord said, why do you think you need to be like him? You're, you're different people. Incorporate those things that he taught you and, and the, the great uh, personal, uh, the, the way he was a, a, a personal witness and testimony to so many. Incorporate that, but be yourself. And 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 we want you to take the company in in a little different direction, and to do some different things. But I want you to be you, not him, but use the great relationship you have to kingdom advantage. And so, uh, learning these other things, quite honestly, yes, uh, we really encourage uh, uh, training and development uh, among our staff. And we would send them to universities or to special programs uh, or encourage them to take courses, uh, whatever way to gain more knowledge in the businesses that we were in. And, and certainly I had to know these businesses. Uh, and so I had to, to do that. I had to stay on top of that myself. Um, the, it, what I find interesting is that the running the organization that is moving from being a manager of a specific area into uh, leading the entire organization uh, really meant a lot more dependence. Certainly, I had to depend on more on others to run these uh, uh, multiple different areas, but I had to be more dependent on the father. If I tried to do this myself, uh, it would have been pure disaster. I found that out in a couple of cases where I where I ran uh, a few things without consulting the father. It didn't take long uh, to run into a brick wall, but uh, uh, but I needed to be more dependent, and I needed to know. Okay, how do we incorporate? How do I incorporate Father this awesome, wonderful faith that Jesus Christ has provided us? And I actually I did a bunch of different things at a bunch of different times. I even had a Bible study for a while uh, with uh, some staff that wanted to come. But we would encourage uh, uh, spiritual development. We had great relationships with churches, not only in our area, uh, because we the Lord had led us to, to begin to work our bank, to work with churches and ministries throughout the country. That became the largest component, and still is, of the bank's activities. So we got involved with that. Billy Graham, I became chairman of their uh, crusade in St. Louis in 1999. A lot of that just allowed me to have a, uh, 
a pulpit, so to speak, from which to be able to to uh, display faith or at least talk about it that um, that would not have happened had the Lord not provided those opportunities. Apparently, uh, involved in a local church leadership. I just wonder how you 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 find the different types of leadership required. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I have been at the same church, I guess we're in our 23rd year at this church, uh, and I've been teaching. I teach a class there uh, uh, for all that time. Uh, surprisingly, we still have people attend. Uh, <laughs> but in any event, um, I found that my involvement in the administrative activities of the local church <clears throat> was not that successful, to be honest with you. And, and, and the reason it wasn't is that that's not where the father wanted me. He wanted me involved in, and again, teaching activities and in, in just relationship building with other members of the church uh, and, and other parties. And so, um, because I was so used to, to being in management and spent so many years there, I just naturally assumed that was a gift where the, that the father wanted me to utilize in churches, and that was not the case. Uh, one of the things I have learned is, and it's in this area of spiritual gifts, uh, there's a lot of teaching about that. I think a lot of it's wrong. That some, some of the teaching is that we have been endowed with certain spiritual gifts, and we just need to work in areas where those gifts uh, show up on the spiritual inventory analysis. And I, I think that's a mistake because the spiritual gifts are just that. They're gifts. They're not lifetime endowments. And the Father provides those gifts uh, to help us execute the activities he has us involved in at the time. Once those activities are over, and if those gifts aren't needed, uh, then we won't necessarily have them, but we'll be endowed with other gifts that are necessary to accomplish the other things he's given us. So I've been trying and have been focused on that. Uh, final question, Larry, is um, is in terms of resources, things that uh, people might read that you've valued yourself uh, over the years? Well, um, yeah, uh, you... You can see behind me a relatively large library. You can Absolutely, I can, yes. It looks beautiful. Uh, that's loaded with a lot of uh, uh, a lot of books from some great uh, Bible teachers uh, and, uh, and some businessmen as well. Um, I would be, uh, it would be wrong for me to tell you I've read every page of every one of them. <laughs> I haven't. But, uh, but they have a lot of good material in them. But I think, obviously, the, the most important teaching material comes from the scriptures themselves, but not by reading them and gaining the knowledge on what they're saying. Uh, that's, that's good to have. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think what Father, these, are, these, these words are spiritually discerned, okay, not intellectually. So what the Father wants us to do is to read them and then let him help us understand what he's saying there 
not only in the text itself, what's he saying to me? What's he saying to perhaps a broader body? What is this really about, Father? Spiritually, tell me. And, and that's like night and day. Uh, and, and you can hear him talk to you, not, not out loud in a room where everybody could hear him, but through, your, through this inner voice, through the spiritual discernment, he'll bring various ideas and visions into your mind, and he'll begin to speak in a mighty and powerful way. That has helped me more than anything. There are some books that I uh, try to uh, almost daily just get a little bit of information from. Uh, one of them is about Brother Lawrence. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yes, indeed, uh, yes. Yeah, so I, I try to read um, some of the excerpts from his letters and notes. I try to read some of those all the time because I think he really understood it. He really got it. He understood what Scripture was about and lived that way. Uh, another one from a more uh, current author is, is uh, Jesus Calling by Sarah Young. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, had that or read that. I'm familiar but, with it, yes. Yeah, she also, I think, really grasped uh, this whole issue of abiding in Christ, which I think is the key to uh, for us to grow and continue maturing as Christians. I don't think it ever stops. If we ever think we're there, we're in trouble, uh, real trouble. Or if we ever think we're getting close to the top, we're in trouble. And I find the more the Father reveals to me, the more he teaches me, the more I realize I don't know. Uh, the body of what I don't know gets larger and larger and larger. And therefore, why do I need to approach this with the sense I need to understand it all? All I need to do is go to the one who created it and does understand it all and let him tell me what he knows I need. Well, Larry, it's been terrific to chat with you. Thank you for your wisdom and your candor and that sense of you uh, believing the importance of abiding in Christ, whatever you're doing. And uh, that certainly comes through very much in our conversation. So thank you so much. Well, you're more than welcome. Great to be with you, Andy. It's a blessing to sh to share with you as well. It was super to chat with Larry Collette and sense the way in which he sought to walk with God through his business life. It was a lovely reminder that daily devotions can play a key part in our life, but they are there to enable us to abide in Christ throughout the day. He mentioned uh, Brother Lawrence, and I imagine the book he was referring to is Practicing uh, the presence of God, and he also uh, mentioned a book, Jesus Calling. You could search for both of those um, and I'm sure find them and buy them if you wish. So this is Andy Peck, your host, thanking you for your company and looking forward to next time. You've been listening to The Profile in association with Premier Christianity magazine. Welcome to Cape and Ray Hall, nestled in the beautiful landscapes between England's national parks. As a Bible school, we offer short-term courses aimed at fostering your spiritual growth and living in a community. 
Our historic manor house has something for everyone. You can enjoy indoor and outdoor adventures. Connect with students from around the world and learn how to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Search Cape and Ray England for more information.